And so we wanted professionals to be able to help veterans access better information, better options, while being held accountable. Welcome to the Vet VA Podcast. My name is Nathan Nottingham, joined by my co-host and partner, Christopher Griffith, where we're going to talk about all things VA home loan benefit. Where we take a few minutes to teach, train, and educate you on the factors that should inform some of the biggest choices you'll ever make. Today, we're diving into an area filled with some misconceptions. We're going to shed some light on the often misunderstood feature and benefit of a VA loan. Our guests, Thomas Sloan of Fairfield, New Jersey, and Claudia from Apple Valley, California, join Josh Lewis, also from California, to unravel the tidewater process. It's a vital aspect of appraisals in the VA lending. Together, let's uncover the differences between appraisals, home inspections, explore the reconsideration of value process, and we'll guide you through navigating the tidewater process if you ever find yourself in it. Prepare to be educated, enlightened, and empowered. This is Veta VA. And we're here to guide you home. So what we're going to be talking about tonight is the Tidewater process and appraisals. We've covered appraisals numerous ways. We, we had a discussion of the difference between an appraisal and a home inspection. Uh, we went through the reconsideration of value process. We're going to talk about that a little on the back end tonight. But what we're going to go through tonight is the Tidewater process. You probably have never heard it don't know what it is. Our experts are going to walk us through it. And then we're going to have a discussion of exactly how to navigate it. If you find yourself in the Tidewater process, it's not a bad thing, can be a very good thing and get you to the result that you want. Um, before we jump into that, always want to remind everyone that our purpose here is to answer all your questions and help you guys get educated. So if you have a question that you might have just asked in text out in the Facebook group, you can ask us here live and we will be happy to go through it. Again, anything mortgage, housing, real estate related, we've got a realtor, we've got two lenders, we can definitely get you the questions, uh, get your questions answered in probably greater detail than you can just in a, a text-based forum like the Facebook group. So with that, let's introduce our experts tonight. Thomas Sloan on the other side of the country in Fairfield, New Jersey, is that correct? Yep, Fairfield, New Jersey. And you are with Capital First Mortgage. How long have you been a member here of, of Edit VA, Thomas? Uh, I want to say March of last year, um, I became an official member. Awesome. A couple months prior, I met uh, Nate and, and Chris and sat and talked shop and, and really enjoyed each other's company and focused on education. Awesome. And are you a veteran yourself? No. I am not either. So I always like to ask and, uh, and thank everyone for their service. Now, how about yourself, Claudia? Claudia, you, like me, are here in California. You're out in Apple Valley. You work on the real estate side. Um how long have you been a member of Vetted VA? I've been a member since 2019. So way back, almost from the start or all the way from the start, Claudia? Um, not all the way, but pretty close. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's jump into the Tidewater process. And Thomas, since it really comes through the lender, why don't you walk us through what it means to a borrower, a buyer, and their agents and professionals when they hear, hey, I heard from the appraiser and he has started the Tidewater process. So simply put, uh, the appraiser has done their inspection and taken a day or so to look at comps and compare it to the property. And they've decided that uh, they don't see the value supported um, from the purchase price versus the comps that they're looking at. And then they've asked you, the lender, to collaborate with the, with the agents to come up with three or four comps, depending on the appraiser, um, to come to the table with to show and support the value of the purchase price. And this is really unique. 
to any type of loan program. So if you're getting a conventional loan, a bank statement loan, an FHA loan, what would normally happen in that process is we just get your appraisal back and it does not come in at value. And now we have something of an adversarial relationship. We have an appraiser who's put their flag in the sand and said, I think this is the value. And we have to have a debate and, and go back and, and argue with them. So it's a very, very cool feature of the VA loan process. And, and if you actually read through the, 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 the actual guidance from VA, it said, it should help limit the number of cases that reach the reconsideration of value phase. And the reconsideration of value, we'll go into more detail later, but what that actually is, is that process where the appraiser has delivered us the report and now they've said, hey, I, the value is not there. It doesn't mean we've reached the end of the line, it just means we have to now go to the VA and ask to go over the appraiser's head. But again, we'll, we'll get to that. So in terms of that, um, most often it's going to come back through you. But Thomas, who gets who gets the notification uh, when when the Tidewater has been invoked and the appraiser is not seeing the value? Uh, technically, the point of contact, whoever's listed uh, in the VA portal and generally speaking in my world as a broker, me, the, the loan officer on the file. So, and I would say nine times out of 10, that's that's been my experience. They're always gonna reach out. Um, and in the guidance, it does say that point of contact. And the funny thing is in the mortgage and real estate world, generally when we order an appraisal on any other loan type, the point of contact that we put in the system is generally the listing agent, the person that has the access to the home. And that is who is going to let them into the property. But in this situation, you're the lender, you ordered it through the VA portal and you're going to get notified. So I'm going to assume you do what I do, which is reach out to the agents, but specifically, and tell me if you do this any differently, Thomas, we're going to go to our buyer's agent. There's two agents in the process. We want to get everyone involved, but would you be more likely to reach out to your buyer's agent and start that conversation so we can kind of get a game plan? Generally speaking, yeah. Uh, but in this market, when everyone's offering over lists in almost every situation in almost every market, I've had that conversation before the offer is even put in for the home, um, before they're under contract, right? So they've already prepped for it. They already know what Tidewater is to a point where we've already maybe done some research, so we're already ready to go to provide them with some information. So Claudia, from, from your perspective, either before, like Thomas is talking about, we do know that we're going on a period of a good three plus years where most homes are selling pretty close to the, the asking price, if not above the asking price. This isn't common, but it's also not uncommon. Uh, do you have lenders reaching out to you and sort of doing that upfront research? And if not, what does that conversation look like when they're calling you and saying, hey, our, our appraiser is not seeing the value and has asked for some supporting data? So for me, um, I have had appraisers tell me at the appraisal appointment that it's probably not going to come in. So they've already done preliminary work before they even get to the listing. And that's when I'm the listing agent. Um, when I'm the buyer's agent, I get the information from the lender and then they'll let me know. Uh, and then I let the listing agent know um, that we're not hitting the mark on the on the purchase price. And then we... Sometimes some listing agents want to do it on their own. And then other times it, it becomes a team effort where we're both trying to find the comps to support the price um, and, and just working together for both sides. And I don't know about you, Thomas, but what, what Claudia said there is, is 100% correct. To me, it's, it's sort of a team approach. For me, I like to start with our buyer's agent because that's 
we got to have to see kind of where they're at. I've had situations. The most recent one I had where Tidewater is invoked, the listing agent was confident the value was there and had sent over some comps to support that that didn't in any way support that the value was there. <laughs> but my buyer wanted the property, believed it was there and said, let's let the process play out and see how it goes. But the, the buyer's agent had told me up front, I don't think it's going to be there. If we can get close, the other side's motivated. They want to sell. We think we can make it work. Now, is that typical? Is that what a normal transaction looks like? Um, not necessarily, but every file is unique. And, and Claudia, would you say that's pretty common either as a listing agent or when you're representing a buyer, you have a pretty solid idea. Is this one where we may have an issue or not? And, and you've kind of prepped in your mind, like Thomas was prepping ahead on, on his uh, deal, where what, what is likely to happen and, and where are we going to go with that? Is that something that you're, you're regularly prepping ahead of time? Yeah, because when you're writing up an offer, you're also looking at the comps. And if at the time that you write your offer, you don't see the value as it is, you know that you're going to have an issue when it comes time to the appraisal. So it's important that, that everyone be on board. And so what happened in, in that situation is I reached out and kind of let's let's actually there's a good question coming up here and it kind of leads to where I want to go with the discussion. So one of the viewers says, what happens if my loan officer uses a processor, which almost all of us do? I mean, some of some loan officers do process their own loans, but there's almost always a processor involved. Um, but what if they don't notify the realtor with the, the Tidewater? What, what, <laughs> it's such a it's I'm certain it has happened. So it is a good question, but it's so out there just in terms of my thinking of how you would handle a, uh, a process. Thomas, what, what would happen if the, the lender, either the processor or the loan officer gets the Tidewater notification, doesn't reach out to the realtors? Well, I'd say the by the book process would be after 48 hours with no comments from the realtors and perhaps the, the uh, processor nor the loan officer provided comps. You would just get the appraisal as the appraiser thinks the value is. Uh, but more often than not, people are human and willing to listen and be flexible. So if you can reach out to the appraiser and say, hey, we messed up, we dropped the ball, we forgot to contact the realtors. I haven't had anybody say, no, absolutely not. They've always been like, yeah, just send me your comps and we'll work on it. And kind of an important concept, and hopefully you guys watching are, are picking up on this. Both the realtors would like happy clients happy buyer, happy seller. They would like a successful transaction. They would like to get paid. Same thing from the loan officer's perspective. So we all have the same goal here. Where the goals kind of diverge is the, the seller is always saying, hey, I sold my house for X dollars. I want X dollars. So that's kind of where the art of, of this dance comes in. So Claudia, maybe take the perspective of, uh, of the listing agent. Now in the situation that I was in, the value was in no way there. Uh, very nice house, very difficult to comp. So whether it was $5,000 or $50,000 short, it was likely to come in low. If you're the listing agent in a situation like that, where it's truly hard to support a value, what can you do to maximize the odds of your seller getting a value as close to the agreed upon sales price as possible? I think it, it really starts when you take the listing um, looking at the comps, going off of me personally, I like to look at what is sold in the last 90 days and what's pending. I don't really look at what's active because, of course, anybody can ask whatever they want for their property. It doesn't mean it's going to sell for that. Um, so I think it really starts at the time of the listing. If you can start prepping the seller 
to be realistic in the price range that they're going to start in. That helps. Um, but I wanted to go back earlier to what you said about not being notified. I've actually had appraisers reach out to me and say, hey, I let the lender know and I haven't heard anything. Do you know that there's... Melissa and I are thinking it's crazy and you're going, oh no, it happens in the real world. It does. You know, it really does. And whoever dropped the ball, I, I don't remember. But the point is, is everybody who's out there doing their best for the client is going to contact you and let you know. And in that case, it was the appraiser who let me know, I'm still waiting for comps from you guys. And if he hadn't, then the 48 hours would have gone by and that price would have stuck. And and would have I, think, I think what you something you said there, Claudia, is really important in that people think of the appraiser as the boogeyman, that they're out mm -hmm. there, they want to kill deals. They're, they do have that power, but they don't want to. But they don't, no. They I mean, want to make the transaction work. They also want to make sure they're not putting you at risk and they're not putting yes. the VA at risk and guaranteeing uh, a loan for an, an overvalued property. So it is important to remember. And in that context, what I was going to say is, let's say I'm a one-man shop loan officer. I process my own loans and I'm down with COVID and I can't answer my phone for the two days. Technically, as Thomas said, the VA appraiser can go, I notify them. They didn't tell me anything. Mm -hmm. Here's 48 hours are up. Here's your appraisal. The reality is kind of like we talked about, Claudia is the listing agent. She was probably a, a number, a phone number that the appraiser had to schedule the inspection appointment. They're probably going to reach out. They're not just going to go, well, I did my part. I've got 48 hours. Let me throw this appraisal on them. So most likely they would reach out and get a hold of someone else in the transaction. They have a copy of the purchase agreement. The purchase agreement has both agents' phone numbers on there. <laughs> it's not like there's no way of getting a hold of anyone else. And I don't think... I'm sure there is a mean ogre of an appraiser out there somewhere that would take his 48 hours in one minute and throw the report out there. But most of them are going to reach out and try and find uh, an actual point of contact there. Thomas, from, from your end, so you've reached out to agent, both agents. They've had a little powwow. What type of documentation are they giving you? Uh, you know, and I'll preface this by saying, I am somewhat shocked when, when we reach out and ask, not just on VA loans, but anything where we're having a problem with an appraisal and we're asking for more information, the quality or lack of quality of, of the information and documentation that we'll get back. What are you looking for from the agents and what are they often providing you? I'm looking for um, an expert opinion from boots on the ground, from a realtor that's in that area, uh, whether they're representing the buyer or seller, to really show me a comp that is comparable to that house, uh, that is close to that house, that has sold, not just listed, like Claudia had said. It's really, really important. Uh, and what usually happens, uh, or more often than I think it should happen, is you'll get like a push button, you know, AVM or, or report that shows a bunch of properties on there that make no sense. You know, we have these abilities as well. We can enter the address, click a button, and it generates a report with 10 properties on there. But if you really look at those, you know, like a human being uh, and really evaluate those comps, most of the time that doesn't work. You really have to take your time and go through and make sure that you're looking at them um, closely. It's really, really important. So I'm just hoping for that expert opinion, that expert eye, and that attention to detail from each agent as well as my team, we all together collaborate to try to do the same thing and then put them all together and say, here's a list of seven, let's pick three top, top comps. 
The, the actual verbiage says they need to provide it in a format similar to the comparable sales grid on the appraisal. Now, the good thing is the tools that you're talking about, they're going to spit out that information in that format. What yeah. they mean is it needs to have bed and bath count, square footage, tell you lot size, tell you its proximity to, to the property. What I would say from my end, the, the biggest complaint that I have from the information that we get back, and this actually happened on that property back uh, in, in December, is... The agent sent me information that led him to conclude he could get an offer for that price. He's not thinking like an appraiser. The appraiser actually has to have data of, as you guys have both pointed out, closed sales. And a lot of times it's, well, we base it off of this and this, and the trend is up, and this is Mm -hmm. twice as nice as that one. And you're like, we don't have a sale within... $15,000 of this one. So I understand that your clients, and in this case, my my situation six months ago, it's a beautiful home. It was improved much more than the others. That puts the appraiser in a tough spot. There's no data saying what's there. So it is very important that the realtors understand that there's often, and Claudia, maybe you can talk about this. There's a real world difference between what the home may sell for and what it will appraise for. Now, generally in a sale, when there's two parties there, appraisers will will make an effort if they can support it to come to that higher value. But in my situation, if that if that borrower with this really over-improved home that was difficult to appraise, if we're doing a refinance and there's not mm-hmm. another person on that side, that's very hard to appraise, puts the appraiser in a tough spot. How do you how do you handle situations like that, Claudia? Besides just prepping the the sellers, like you had said, when they have a home that probably is unique and will garner um, offers a little bit higher than than maybe the comp support, but it's it's very difficult for the appraiser. So I um, back in the down market, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand ten, I did a lot of broker price opinions, and so that really helped me narrow down what what an appraiser is going to look for. And every time I meet with an appraiser, I always ask them, well, how do you do your adjustments? Do you do, you know, 200 square feet more, 200 square feet less, 10% more, 20% less. So I always try to gauge what it is that they're doing when they're running their comps so that I can do similar and try to be as close as possible to um, what it's going to appraise for. And that, that's, that advice is worth its weight in gold. I would love to put that in instructions every time we have this come up, just so that, that both agents know, because not all of them do. Um, it's not, I don't get data back that's just crazy and it's, you know, two counties away. It's, it is homes that are similar and in the general area, but you look and you're like, I had one, probably the best example about two years ago that we had a, a duplex out in Victorville that was being sold and the value didn't come in. And they sent back several three and four unit buildings that were like this much over our sales price, but with one and two more units. And we're like, you can't be serious, right? But it does just like, you know, a loan officer being asleep at the wheel and not notifying the agents, hey, we've had Tidewater invoked. There are realtors out there that just don't know. They don't really know. And and they have pulled up some numbers and and think that it will work. We have another question here and um, we can kind of all take take a shot at it because it's really an experience question. If you had the appraisal not come in on a new construction home, I doubt the builder would agree to a lower sales price. Claudia, do you represent many people on on new construction? You guys have a decent bit of new construction in the Apple Valley, right? I, well, I work outside of Apple Valley. I work uh, three counties. Um, but I haven't had any new construction not appraised 
even with like $37,000 in, in uh, upgrades, it had no problem appraising. And from, from that perspective, the, the builders, the last thing they want to do is have any type of price reduction. They will do everything possible to support that value. Um, they generally have a good idea of what it can appraise for. It's a diff- It's almost the difference between a professional seller and amateurs like the rest of us as, as homeowners. They're selling every day. They know what they're running into. They're not going to make a huge concession or drop the price massively on one unit, knowing that it's going to cause problems for them throughout the, the rest of the complex. I think some builders too have, um, they've gotten conservative about how much of an increase they do each time they release a phase. Uh, I know one of the last uh, new constructions that I sold here locally, it was a difference of like 15 to 20,000 between the last phase and the phase that was being released. So a ten to twenty thousand dollar difference is not going to. It doesn't make a huge impact on the appraisal because there's going to be other areas that they can pull value from if they have to. Thomas, in your market in New Jersey, are you seeing much new construction? Uh, I am. I've had a situation where it came in under, um, but it was pretty clear it was going to come in under. And the reason for that was the upgrades. Uh, the buyer went shopping. Every every box they could check on the, on the list, they checked. <laughs> and and I told them, hey, when we order this appraisal, this is what they're looking at. They're not looking at your uh, your your knobs and handles and all these things. That's not what they are focused on. They're really focused on the comparable sales, the data, the development. And we're forty thousand under, so let's be prepared. And it came in under forty thousand. Uh, in that was, situation. It, was that a VA loan or, or another loan type? That um, that was two years ago. I believe that was conventional. That was conventional. And, and that's something interesting uh, or unique about the VA loan is the majority of them are zero down. We definitely have uh, VA buyers that are making down payments, but many yeah. of them aren't. So if you have an appraisal come in low and the veteran does not have the additional fund to come out of pocket, if if the seller in this situation, the builder doesn't want to come off of that value, it could be problematic in that situation. A um, couple of really good questions there from, from the first uh, one. And again, if you're, if you're on Facebook, when you enter uh, – it asks you to authorize your name there. Otherwise, it just show you as Facebook users. We had a question from Facebook user number one and then Shane Collins. Two really good questions. So remember, we're about halfway through the show. The number one purpose here, we definitely want to cover a topic and, and help educate and empower you guys to make good decisions and have a good experience throughout the home buying process. But really, we'd love to answer your questions. So if you have a question, mortgage, real estate, anything in this sphere, throw them over there in the chat. And we'll definitely get your questions answered. So I think we've done a pretty good job of explaining up to this point with Tidewater what happens. So let's say we've got the greatest data. Both agents put their heads together and gave, a, gave us all that's available, give it back to the appraiser. And now we receive the report and it still comes in low. At, at Thomas, at, at that point, what what are we able to do or what is our, our next level of, of recourse? Because again, this is a unique function of the VA loan. Um, we have multiple multiple outs or multiple chances to to rectify this if the value comes in low. But where are we at once you actually get a low appraisal? Well, uh, again, I, I do try to have this conversation up front in the very beginning that this could happen when we're offering 50, 70, 100,000 over uh, list price, especially when there's no comps to support it. So I do ask the veteran, the, the surviving spouse, the active duty service member, I, I ask them to really put their thoughts on paper of 
why they want to buy this house and why they see the value in it uh, for the purchase price that they're under contract for. So they've mentally prepared and, and hopefully they've started to write down some thoughts and ideas that they can kind of put together that we can sort of bring to that to the VA and say, uh, we have failed the Tidewater process and uh, here's a letter from the person buying the home and uh, here's some data to help support it. And uh, that's sort of the process that I sort of have with the uh, the veteran or the person buying the home at that point. In your experience, Claudia, is that the, the best route to go as well when we're starting that reconsideration of value? And maybe we should possibly explain a little bit of the difference. With the VA loan, there's a formal process of a reconsideration of value. With any other appraisal type, we have to go back to the appraiser directly or the appraisal management company and basically come back with a rebuttal. I don't know that anyone has ever said, you know what I would like? I would like to state my case and then have someone come at me with a rebuttal. It's just, it's, it's an adversarial process uh, where we formally tell someone you are wrong and we would like you to correct your wrong. Mm-hmm. So the reconsideration of value process, the thing that's much better about it is appraisers out of the way. We already had that before it got adversarial. They said, Hey, I'm not seeing it. Give me any and all information that's going to help me see what you guys uh, are coming to on the value. And at this point, if they come in with a lower value, we don't have to go back to the appraiser. They don't have to get told they're wrong. We're going directly to the VA with the reconsideration of value. And as Thomas said, we're able to put together a narrative from anyone in the transaction, uh, but <coughs> specifically from the veteran is going to be the best thing of explaining why they think the value is there, what supports the value. Um, Claudia, in your experience, is that the best thing or are there other things we can do at that point with the reconsideration of value to make it likely to, to get an increase? Um, well, I've been on both sides. I've had it uh, approved, right? And then we get the value and then not. So it really depends on how far apart you are. So I've had one where it was $5,000 difference. And due to the seller's timeline, he was buying another house. So we, we had a tight timeline. There were other people involved. For him, he's like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and reduce the price $5,000. Then I've had a $53,000 reduction because they didn't want to continue on to the next level. So the seller just agreed to take that $53,000 reduction. And then so in uh, that situation, Claudia, before you ever even went on to the ROV, you yes. did the Tidewater, it came I mean, in they, low, really they just said, we'll take comps. it. There were no yeah. comps whatsoever. Even when I wrote my offer, um, and at that time, we were in that market where everybody's offering over lists. We didn't offer over lists, but we did ask for closing costs. And so we 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 were happy that it didn't come in at value because the buyer was able to save $53,000. But that also goes to show how unrealistic sometimes listing agents can be with their pricing. If there's no comps, there's no comps. Um, And then on the last one, we did get a $47,000 increase. And that was because the the veteran wrote a very heartfelt letter. um, All of the things that this home would help him with his disability and, you know, all of these different things. I personally did not think it was going to come in. Um, I actually wanted to show him other properties because at that point, the values were starting to go down. And But he really wanted that house and they they gave him that extra $47,000. And what you said there is something super unique to the VA program in that it is not just numbers and facts. No, so it's people. It's people. It, <laughs> it's people and the VA 
again, they don't want to put you in a bad position. So they want to hear a good and valid reason as to why you believe the value there and you want this home versus Claudia going out and showing this veteran um, another property. But that it doesn't happen. In any other program, the, the agent or the appraiser gets to come back and say, no, the numbers are not there doesn't support it. And that's the end of it, no matter how great the reason is. And to kind of double down on that, the end of the story uh, of my deal back in December is both sides said we, it was either 65 or $75,000 short after Tidewater that the appraisal comes in. No one says anything about an ROV. I explained to them the, the reconsideration of value process. And they're like, no, we were so far off, it's not even worth considering. If they come up $40,000, we're still not taking the lower value or a value that much lower. So canceled the transaction. Sure enough, about six weeks later, property's still on the, on the market. <laughs> and the agent calls back, hey, can we do a reconsideration of value six weeks after the fact? And I said, I think so. It's a really good question. Let me call the VA. VA says, as long as your appraisal is still valid, you are able to do the reconsideration of value. Now, our escrow had been canceled at that point. So we had to start over with a new purchase contract, started everything over. But we were able to do the ROV before starting over. So what we did, we sent it in, took about four or five days. We come back and they brought it up. It was either forty-five dollars or $50,000. So we ended up about 20, 25 short of where we started. But by this point, the seller could see, hey, I'm not getting what I think my, my home is worth and what these people agreed to pay. So we all had a meeting of the minds and said, it's worth this, but there's no appraisal to support it. No one else stepping up to say that. They had another home to move on to. Our veteran wrote a very good letter and this was, it was different. No disability. This was a very nice, highly upgraded property. They explained why they felt there was a very short supply of comparable sales why this home was much nicer than all of the available comparable sales and why they were willing to pay X. They didn't say it was worth what we agreed to pay. They said, we believe it is worth at a minimum this. And that was exactly the number that the VA came back with because that was the number we knew the sellers would accept and we were able to, to put it together. So um, it's a very flexible process. And why that this is why I say it's not just the best for buyers, for, v, for veteran buyers, it's best for the sellers. We have so much more flexibility mm -hmm. than we do with anything else. So we've got a good question over here that's off the topic of, uh, of appraisals. And hopefully, Thomas, you have the, the dead-on answer to this one. So we have some extra commentary, but Willing finishes with, can you do a mobile home through the VA product? Are we able to finance mobile homes? Are there any restrictions on that versus other loan programs? Any flexibilities that we have versus other loan programs, Thomas? I have never done a mobile home VA loan, uh, but I have done a VA loan with a mobile home on the property. Which that, that can be a problem with a, a lot of loan programs. Uh, some programs would just say, hey, you, you've got, we had one a few years ago that they had a really nice mobile and it made it like a two unit property and they were trying to do it FHA and FHA wasn't having it. So um, it was, it, it's an interesting one. So the short answer is yes, you absolutely can do VA manufactured homes. I actually saw in one of our vetted VA professional groups today, someone was saying you can actually do a single wide. Now I am passing along unverified information, much like asking chat GPT. So don't go out and quoting me, but I do highly trust our vetted professionals here that I don't believe they gave me misinformation. So definitely um, can do manufactured homes. 
they're most likely going to be, or they're going to be on land that you own, permanently affixed to the foundation, a, a few other requirements. But if you're interested in that, definitely talk to a, a vetted lender and get the firm accurate answer for your situation in the property that you're considering. And they will be lender specific. So you may get a no from somebody uh, based on this property and whatever you're told from a lender. <laughs> that just might be because they're not familiar with the product. Uh, or they might not be signed on with a lender that will do that type of product. So we, we've walked through um, Tidewater, going through and, and giving additional information, appraisal coming in low, and doing a reconsideration of value. And we get to the end of the line there, and the value is what it is, and we're a little bit short. What are our options? Because the VA contract has an escape clause in there. It says the veteran cannot be compelled to complete a transaction if the value comes in low. So Claudia, how do you navigate that in a market where a lot of sellers are expecting buyers to waive their appraisal contingency and yet you have to sign this escape clause that you, you can't make them close without a, a value at, uh, an appraisal at the, the sale price? You know, Josh, I might be, um, this might not be common, but I actually include the FHA VA amendatory clause with all of my VA offers because I believe that's that's where the issue starts when you don't notify the seller of that clause and then you get into, into escrow and then you ask them to sign that after the fact. So I always include that in all of my VA offers. Um and I would, I would say, I mean, Thomas, in, in your experience, how often or what percentage of the contracts do you get that have it when they, they come over like Claudia is doing? They are missing 90% of the time. Um, yeah. But depend. so in New Jersey, um, most of the time with a strong offer, they're willing to waive the, uh, the difference, whatever that appraisal gap is. So we have a conversation, all of us, and we talk about it and, and we let them know that if they do not, um, I guess if they do not sign that clause, then that will not apply. It has to be signed at the beginning in order for it to, to apply, correct? I'm seeing a... I don't know that we can close the VA loan without it, it being signed. Well, there's a, so I'm in California, so we have the clause as a California Association of Realtors form, which is different than the lender uh, form that we get sent when we're already in escrow. So what I send is the realtor form. And then, of course, once we're already in escrow, the lender sends their uh, form and then we have that signed. So I don't really get any pushback about that being signed because they've already been informed from the beginning that there is a clause. Yeah, and and the CAR form looks uh, visually it looks different. The verbiage is exactly the same as what comes out of our LOS. So we're going to need to get it signed at, at one point or another, and they're not going to be able to compel you to to close that without the uh, the appraised value. Um, we don't have any additional questions here. We've done a pretty good job of, of working our way all the way through the topic. What I love to do is just kind of go around the horn and ask for, um, to give you an opportunity, anything appraisal related, anything else that you guys are seeing that you would love um, the viewers here to know, um, and just any advice for veteran buyers out in the market right now. So you, with that, Thomas, do you have any, any parting words of wisdom tonight? I would say build your team, take the time to build your team, you know, picking the right loan officer, 
picking the right realtor, uh, making sure you trust them and you follow their direction. Um, and you communicate as much as you possibly can and ask as many questions as you can in every step of the process. Um, and if you're not sure of something, ask again. Mm-hmm. And and on, on that topic, you guys, one, the, the vetted professionals are not the only experienced VA realtor and mortgage people. But if you don't have someone, if you haven't been introduced to someone that you feel is confident and experienced with the VA loan program and things like this Tidewater process and the differences in appraisals, go out to the map, go to vettedva.com. you see a map on the first page, click your state and you'll find someone in your area who can help you. Um, but again, if you're not working with a vetted professional, do your own vetting, ask mm-hmm. them, make sure that they have experience with the VA loan program. Um, the good news is it's it's more flexible than almost any other program to benefit you. But if someone doesn't have experience with it, they don't know how to work through those flexibilities, but they also don't know how to lay the groundwork. Both Thomas and Claudia tonight have told us, hey, we're having these conversations up front. Here's what this process will look like if there's uh, an issue with the appraisal coming in low. Here's what this looks like in terms of you're going to need to sign this escape clause. I would like you to sign it up front so we don't have any surprises coming through the process. So especially from the realtor side, um, a realtor could say, well, selling a house is selling a house. I don't really need to know the VA financing side of it. But if you guys are here every week, you've probably seen there are some significant differences that will help your realtor, but they need to know uh, about them and know how to to work through those things. So, Thomas, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to agree with you 100% that the quality of your professionals and specifically with experience related to VA financing is just huge. And not just in this market, in any market. There's always nuances going on with your situation a specific property. So it's not like there's one type of market where it's important to have those pros on your side. Claudia, before we go to you, we must, we have, we've got a, a plant out here because we have a very interesting question. Is it a smart time to buy and use the VA home loan? Thomas, you, your thoughts on this question? Uh, it depends on the situation. Um, if you're renting, you know, 100% of your payment is going towards somebody else's asset. Um, so whether the rates are high or low, uh, doesn't really matter. Um, you buy a home and year over year, the average rate of appreciation is 4%, right? 2020, it was like 20. 2021, it was like 19. Uh, 2022, it was like 10, I think. And then this year, it's like five or six. So appreciation is always going to go up long term. Um, will it maybe have some peaks and valleys, perhaps, but at the end of the day, long term, that is an asset that is maybe your retirement, that is equity that you can use for so many different purposes, the things that might pop up in your life as uh, time goes on. So is now a smart time to buy? Yes, now is a smart time to buy. Claudia, you froze up right when you started. So you can go right back to the beginning. We didn't get any of it. (laughs) I'm still at the office because I thought it would be the most reliable connection. The crazy thing we were saying, you have had a perfect connection the whole time. It wasn't like it was stuttering or anything. But as soon as we we started, we lost it. So what are your thoughts on this? Now a smart time to buy and use the VA home loan? Oh, no way. (laughs) <laughs> this, this question is jinxed. I, I think the world does not want to hear Claudia's answer on this one. Let me give um, the answer that I give in this situation. Relating back to what Thomas said, home prices over time always go up, just like wages always go up. 
Uh, do they go up year over year perpetually? No, they do not. When we have a time frame like we had, uh, Thomas gave you the numbers over the last two, three years, those are not just outsized uh, gains in home values, like spectacularly outsized gains. We went about 40% over a period of three years when the historical number is a little less than, than 5%. So we should have got about 15% gains. We got 40%. So it's pretty reasonable to expect a period of, of lower price increases. So over the long haul, I absolutely believe home prices are going to go up. In terms of home ownership, homeowners have 40 times greater net worth than renters. And you can say, well, correlation doesn't equal causation. 100% correct. But over 60% of homeowners net worth is in real estate. So over time, the elements of owning real estate, one of those being appreciation, one of them, them being fixing your housing payment, or at least the majority of it. The taxes and insurance can go up over time, but at least your principal and interest on a fixed rate loan is going to stay level. And then on top of that, a portion of the payment monthly goes towards principal. And over time, more of it goes to principal. So you have a forced savings account. All of those things will add to greater net worth over a lifetime. So should everyone own a home? Yes. So to me, the only question is, is it the right time to buy? I absolutely don't look at the current market and say, hey, there's anything about the current market that says you shouldn't buy. You should buy if you've reached the point in your life where buying a home is right. And the markers for that generally are stability in your relationships. So you have a significant other or you know there's not going to be a significant other coming along. You have uh, stability in your career. You're not likely to get moved around the country. You're not likely to move your job, lose your job. You have stability in your credit. You have established a decent credit history. You don't have too much debt. And you've been able to save some money, even with the VA loan program where you don't put any money down. Seller can pay all your closing costs. You can get a lender credit. Still good. And we want to see you have reserves post-closing. So if you can tick all of those boxes, I would absolutely say now is a good time to buy as long as it is the right time in your life to mm -hmm. buy. So. Claudia, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to ask you the question. I don't want to see you freeze up again. It's, you can answer every question except this one. But that's exactly where I was going uh, with that. It's It depends on what's going on in your life. So, But I did want to go back a little bit to the, uh, to the VA loan. And I think a lot of people don't realize that with an FHA loan, the appraiser appraisal report stays with the property. So that's actually not a benefit to a seller to accept that loan type. Because if the value is not there and they do an appraisal and it's an FHA buyer, now you're stuck with that appraisal for three months. That's not the same with a VA loan. So that's what I try to explain to the listing agent if I'm the buyer's agent. And what I try to explain to the seller if I'm the listing agent. Okay, Willing, Willing's thrown a bunch of questions out at us and they're all buried here and a bunch of other stuff here. But question, and Thomas, you wanna take a run at this. How much quicker will you pay off a mortgage if you apply $100, $100 extra dollars every month? So there's not, this isn't a number that Thomas is gonna have off the top of his head. Um, and, and maybe, uh, tell me tell me if you have different thoughts or a different answer to this, Thomas. The, the way I would answer is, it's more beneficial in a market that we're in today 
because you're paying more interest on that $100 every month. So if you have a 6.5% interest rate, uh, the $100 a month will cut more off the term of your loan than when you have a 2.5% interest rate, just because you're paying less interest on that extra $100 that you're reducing the loan every month. So when we have borrowers out there with, you know, I think the best one I did was 1.875 on a 30-year fix. I would tell that person, keep your $100. Don't, don't reduce the payment. Save it. Go buy some crypto. But what are your thoughts on that, Thomas? It's very specific to the loan. Um, in my situation, I have a COVID rate and uh, I have a $300,000 balance and an extra $200 a month cuts off four and a half years off my mortgage. But if I had a 2023 rate, who knows what that number would be? It's very specific to the loan. Um, so there's always someone that can help you go through those numbers and see what makes sense for you. So if you're comfortable with a certain payment, uh, it's always good to know what that's going to do for you in the long run as far as uh, make that, making that, uh, you know, interest at the back end kind of go away. And, and there are online calculators. Definitely reach out to someone on the vetted map. Reach out to someone that you know and trust that, that knows the numbers. Um, if you're really good with Excel, you can do it yourself, but you could also do it wrong and, and trick yourself into thinking what your savings are going to be. But there's online calculators for it, and it will depend on your interest rate and on the overall term of the loan. I'd like to add, if, if you think that your interest rate is high currently, or if you're buying right now and you think your interest rate is high, um, and you also think that the, the possibility of you having a lower interest rate in the future by doing refinance, instead of putting that $100 a month towards um, your current situation, you might want to hold on to it and apply it during that interest rate reduction uh, process down the road and just kind of do it in one foul swoop. You want to talk to the lender about the pros and cons of each one of those situations. So, Claudia, I did not get back around to you and give you uh, your chance to answer um, any advice, any words of wisdom, any final parting shot. Did we did we lose her again? <laughs> yeah, we lost her. <laughs> I've listen in a year and a half of doing this show, in like three years of doing live streams. Normally, you can tell when you're going to have a problem with someone's connection, and she had a very strong and stable connection. The first part of the show, I think that we just asked her a question that the world is not prepared for mm -hmm. the answer. So with that, um, thank you guys for showing up. Hopefully the, the Tidewater information was helpful. The information walking through that uh, appraisal process. But we'll be back here next Tuesday with another group of vetted pros to go through another important topic. Claudia, I'm scared. I want to give you I want to give you the final word, but I'm worried that I'm going to lock you up. So one Sorry, shot at the final word. What, what's your final words of wisdom for the viewers tonight? I would just say make the best offer with the terms that you're most comfortable with. Don't let anybody tell you you have to waive anything. You have to bring in extra money. You know, don't put yourself in a situation that you're not going to be okay with. So I've helped a lot of buyers, a lot of veteran buyers get into homes, and I haven't had to have anybody pay any appraisal gap or anything like that. Did it take us a little bit longer? Yes, it did. <laughs> and that's okay. Absolutely. I, and I would say that relates really closely to what I said. Buy when it's the right time in your life. Don't let anyone tell you it's a terrible idea to buy. Don't let anyone tell you you have to buy. Buy it when it's the right time in your life. Get with the professional. 
that trusts your instincts on what to pay, what to offer, and where you're right on any home. So before Claudia locks up again, we're going to say thank you. Thank you for showing up and, and viewing. Like I said, we'll be back next Tuesday with a couple more experts and another topic. So if you have any questions, if you can think up any good stump the joke man questions over the next week, uh, we will be here ready to uh, make our best efforts at answering them. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining me and everybody have a great night. Thank have you. Have a good night.